0: A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revel you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place and in all places be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time with the word blessed which is rather ironic to admit to you after I have just read the Beatitudes this morning. It's just that blessed has become such a trendy word, and more often than not, when I see it used on a coffee cup or in a Facebook post or hanging on a shiplap wall, it tends to make me cringe. Now, those of us who use social media know that Hashtag blessed is one of the most popular hashtags online. A simple search of hashtag blessed gave me 892 million hits in less than one second this week. I read things like, After two weeks of quarantine, I surprised my closest inner circle of friends with a trip to a private island where we could pretend like things are normal. Hashtag blessed. I can't stop smiling. I just found out that I am going to be a Gates scholar. Now tell me there isn't a God. Hashtag blessed. Followed by an endless number of praying hand and halo face emojis. (laughs) Leaving Texas and thinking about my meal at Franklin Barbecue. Hashtag blessed. Blessed. I can imagine your envy that this is real hair from my very own scalp. We can't all be so hashtag blessed now, can we? I was running late for work this morning, but snagged a parking place on the very front row. Hashtag blessed. I am so lucky to have four boys who are healthy, active, and so very loving. Hashtag blessed. Caught a piece of bacon falling out of my sandwich right before it hit the ground. Hashtag blessed. Now we can joke and make fun of hashtag blessed all we want. It's quite entertaining. But the reality is that whether we have named it this way or not, all of us have probably had a feeling of being blessed when things are going well in our lives. And with good intentions. But I can also imagine that each of us at one point or another has felt pain at someone else's use of the word blessed when perhaps our situation hasn't turned out quite like theirs. For instance, when someone says God has blessed them to be doing so well financially, I can't help but wonder how that must sound for the person trapped by an endless cycle of generational poverty, doing the best they can to make it from paycheck to paycheck if and when the paycheck even comes. Or when someone says God has blessed them to be so happily married for over 30 years, I wonder what that must feel like for the person who is trapped in an abusive marriage. For the person whose spouse passed away far too soon. Or for whatever reason, the marriage didn't last as they hoped it would. When someone says they are so blessed to have a beautiful, healthy baby. I wonder what that must feel like for the person experiencing the gut-wrenching pain of miscarriage. Or for the couple whose baby was not born healthy. Are those families, those babies, not blessed? Friends, I fear we have been using this word, blessed, in ways to suggest that there are winners and losers, insiders and outsiders, making it feel as if God purposefully blesses some and not others. And that makes me want to pause and to at least reconsider when and where and how we use this word, blessed. Because it's not a bad word. It's a word of deep significance in our faith, used in beautiful ways throughout Scripture to communicate God's overwhelming goodness in our lives. But it's as if Jesus knew from the very beginning that we were really going to mess this idea up. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, in Jesus' first major teaching in Matthew's gospel, he sets us straight about what it really looks like to be blessed. But Jesus doesn't say anything about being blessed when life is picture perfect. He says things like, blessed are the weak, blessed are the vulnerable, blessed are the poor, Blessed are those who are brokenhearted. Blessed are the oppressed. Almost every single way you and I have come to understand blessing, Jesus completely turns upside down. And if we step back and look at these verses as a whole, perhaps part of what Jesus is showing us here is that there is absolutely no person and no situation that is beyond God's ability to bless. And sometimes, when it feels as if life has been turned upside down, that's when God's goodness is needed the most, and that's when God's blessing shows up best. Micah Boyette is a writer whose third son, Ace, was born a few years ago. Ace has Down syndrome. And Asa's beautiful entrance into her family completely transformed her understanding of what it means to be blessed. She writes, Blessing has been on my mind lately. Not a shallow kind of belief that if things are good, God is blessing us, and if things are bad, God has backed away. I quit using that kind of blessing years ago, removed it from my spiritual vocabulary, done with assuming that God is blessing the rich guy and ignoring the poor guy. For the past three months, I have fallen in love with a baby who was born with Down syndrome. And somewhere, another baby was born without Down syndrome. Did God bless that person? with a healthy baby and not me? What does that even mean? It's not that I am blessed because I have a special needs baby and we are the lucky ones. It's not that the parent whose baby was born healthy and typical is the one who is blessed. We are both and blessed. Perhaps blessing works from the other direction. It is not the ease of the gifts that God pours out, but the stance I take toward them. I am like Adam, she writes, given permission to name the creatures to say what I see. And I'm learning to see the holy every day and to name it. And so I will hold my hand out from the porch of my old gray house on the coast of Maine and I will call the sky and the ocean and the bald eagle flying past the same word I call all three of my little boys in their beds at night. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Extravagantly, excessively, overwhelmingly marked by the goodness of God. And I don't know about you, but that's a version of blessed that I can get around. And that's exactly what I believe Jesus is doing here in the Beatitudes. He is taking everyday situations and people and experiences, spaces in which we might least expect God to show up, and showing us that yes, even and especially there, we can find extravagant, excessive, overwhelming goodness of God. As writer Jan Richardson points out, there is no kind of situation, there is nothing in the circle of our lived human experience that lies outside of God's desire for blessing us, which translates to God's desire for wholeness, for us to have whole hearts even when they are shattered. She goes on to say, a blessing is at its most potent in times of disaster, devastation, and loss. When God's providence seems most difficult to find, a blessing helps us to perceive the grace that threads through our very lives. I didn't have the privilege of knowing the beloved people whose names Carol mentioned for us earlier, who are now part of our great cloud of witnesses here at Highland. I've heard many of their stories through you, and I hold them and their loved ones especially close with you today as part of our Highland family. However, this year I lost someone who was very dear to me back at Calvary, someone who will forever be part of my own cloud of witnesses. Her name was Brenda Bradley, and I'm sure you will hear me talk about her in the years ahead. Brenda was our music minister's wife, and she and her family were and still are like my family back in Waco. We traveled together on mission trips around the world. We shared countless meals around their dining room table. We celebrated holidays together when I couldn't travel back home. But Brenda was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer in the spring of 2019, and she passed away just nine months later on New Year's Day of this year. Brenda started hospice care last October, and doctors told her she had just days to live. But Brenda continued to amaze us all. She rallied over and over again throughout the fall, She was able to host one final Thanksgiving, even making her famous homemade bread. She attended her son's senior voice recital at Baylor, and she even returned to church to sing in the choir through the first Sunday of Advent, all while she was on hospice. But as we began to approach Christmas, Brenda was getting sicker and weaker and losing her ability to really be present with us. Our entire church was grieving in the midst of what is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. A few nights before Christmas, a group of us decided at the last minute to surprise the Bradleys by singing Christmas carols at their front door. Brenda we were told had been asleep the entire day but we hoped she might be able to hear us outside her bedroom window even in her sleep. Imagine our surprise when the Bradleys opened the door and invited us in and Brenda was sitting up in her recliner in the living room. It was about 7 p.m. and they said it was the first time she had been up all day. And although she wasn't fully present with us, she had the most beautiful expression of childlike wonder on her face as we sang Christmas carols together around the living room. Her eyes twinkled as tears fell down her face and all of ours. But the most incredible thing happened as we prepared to leave. As some of our teenagers, whom Brenda had taught in children's choir many years ago, approached her to say goodbye, Brenda, who had so very little energy at this point, immediately put her arms up in the air as if she wanted them to give her a hug. And without one hesitation, they reached down to Brenda and gave her a hug. Well, soon people lined up around the room so that they could share some final words with Brenda. And she got this almost giddy expression on her face as she put her arms up for person after person to give her a hug goodbye that night. As Randall, her husband, and one of our ministers at Calvary, reflected on this experience later, he compared it to an ordination service. Because Brenda bravely reached out her hands to receive a blessing from her community of faith. Children, youth, and adults alike lined up to give her a blessing one by one. But was Brenda the one who was blessed that night, or were we? The truth is that the whole night was blessing, and I will never, ever forget it. Looking back on those nine months, I can tell you this was the hardest and most heartbreaking season I have ever experienced as a pastor. And yet, looking back on those nine months, I can also pinpoint so many moments like this one that were extravagantly, excessively, overwhelmingly marked by the goodness of God. Interestingly enough, today marks almost nine months since the beginning of COVID 19. And friends, we have found ourselves in the midst of another hard and heartbreaking season. I wish we could tell God that we've already hit our quota for the year, but it doesn't seem to work that way as much as I would like it to be otherwise. However, my hope is that we won't wait for life to be picture perfect in order for us to find the blessing. Or the blessing may never come. My hope is that we, like Brenda, will be brave enough to raise our hands up to God and to receive the blessing that God is offering to us even in these very moments. And so, my friends, may God bless you and keep you. May you have eyes to see the blessing that is all around you these days and the many ways in which you are extravagantly, excessively, and overwhelmingly marked by the goodness of God. Amen.